The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The most important thing about your business could be how your products are packaged. Packaging is the signature that you leave everywhere, and it speaks volumes about who you are and what you do. This is Ditch the Box with David Marinak. In today's show, we'll talk about marketing, increased sales, and how it relates to product packaging. Have you explored alternatives like flexible packaging? You should. It can save your company a bundle. Now, here is David Marinak. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ditch the Box, the marketing slash flexible retail packaging slash how to build your brand radio show. I'm David Marinak, your host. As you know, our show is about marketing and flexible retail packaging with a few other related topics in between, such as how to build your brand, dealing with major retailers, and even supply chain. Today's guest is Michael Fector. Michael is CEO and owner of Hanson Foods, has more than 30 years experience directing and growing businesses with revenues in excess of $40 million. Michael has led these companies through startup, survival, acquisition, and growth modes. Michael has spent 24 years as president, vice president of business development and consulting in a variety of industries, including agriculture, plastics, packaging, industrial manufacturing, and consumables. His understanding of business encompasses strategic planning, operations, business development, logistics, value add, B2B, and retail sales. Among his previous positions, Michael, along with his partner, John Frey, acquired Hanson Foods in the fall of 2013. Hanson Foods is a pizza manufacturer with over 30 brands of pizzas, as well as a fulfillment center for the fundraising industry, in which both business segments are nationally recognized. Companies such as Green Mill, Topco, Damon's, Jewels, Festival Foods, and Woodman's are just a few. During his short tenure, he's increased sales by 45% through organic growth, which has led to doubling the employees and facility expansion with facility plans and expansions in 2016. Michael Fector, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, appreciate the introduction. Well, first and foremost, we were just chatting a little bit ago, Mike. The the key thing here is go Packers, correct? <laughs> well, tis the season up here in Green Bay, Wisconsin, so um, hopefully they continue to show up uh, as we get through the playoffs. Well, it was interesting because everybody here, at least in the Midwest, well, I, I, could, I could say here because I'm in Cleveland. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, so I'm a Steelers fan on that side of things. Um, but the Browns will never see the postseason, so that's not gonna that's not gonna go anywhere. But um, the thing that's interesting is we're all closet Packers fans, um, sure. <laughs> and you know, and anybody that can beat Carolina this week, and I think that's who you're playing, um, has has our vote over here. So um, let, let's hope that this uh, streak continues. Yeah, well, I, um, we're actually playing uh, Arizona, and the Seattle Seahawks uh, made it. their way over to to Carolina. Um, the interesting part on that, uh, Dave, would be uh, if C- uh, Seattle takes care of business over there and we yes, take care of business in Arizona, yep. we'd be back back in Green Bay here for the uh, championship game. 
Wouldn't that be something? All right. Well, I, you know what? Who knows? Uh, you know, it, you, you never know in this in this crazy NFL playoff. So, um, goodness gracious, let's hope, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first part I wanted to really spend some time getting to know you, Mike. I mean, the person. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about Hanson Foods, of course, and spend plenty of time with that. But you've done some really interesting things from, frankly, being involved to a dairy op- in a dairy operations to working with, uh, with Pepperidge Farms. So I want to make sure. sure we cover those early days if we could, and then we'll really dig into um, to Hanson Foods. So, so looking back over your career, this is where you get to, you know, kick your shoes up on the desk and kind of look back over that career. And, um, you know, you're thinking back on the, on, the, on the dairy operation where you scouted and acquired about 80 head of dairy herd from Canada. Mm-hmm. Now, what led you to get into that world and, and, and give us that background? Sure. Uh, probably a little insanity. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, well, you know, my background growing up, I grew up in a very entrepreneur-type family uh, in the agriculture side of the business, and um, I was always taught that um, the leadership and, and the ability to make things happen, um, it was kind of instilled in our blood as a kid uh, was growing up. So once I got to the, uh, the, the age uh, that I could start doing some of those my, things myself, I ended up, uh, you know, things were a lot different back then, too, with uh, obtaining money and right. uh, being able to make decisions without uh, ha- having 20 decision makers um, approving things. So I-, I did write a business plan up and uh, went to Canada, and because of the dollar exchange, I was able to uh, get cattle for $650 U.S., and uh, I, my intention really was for four years to, to run that herd, uh, continue to grow uh, the production of that herd. And um, at the, the point of four or five years down the road, um, be able to sell that herd for um, hopefully significant more value than what I had purchased for it. And uh, so that was my game plan, and that's what I, uh, I stuck to during that period. And... Um, was able to uh, double my money as far as what I had vested into it to right. what I ended up with after that four-year duration. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing in particular that struck me from the very beginning was you had said that you're from an entrepreneurial family, and, and that's one of those things that, you know, you don't hear, well, I don't want to say we don't hear about that that, that often, but I, I, think, I think what I really read between the lines was, you know, you were, you were pretty much instilled to, if you want something, you go out and make it happen yourself. Was that a fair statement? Yeah, very much so. Uh, my my father being a stout German, and yep. uh, he always said if you didn't walk fast enough, you got a boot in the hind end. So uh, kind of nice. grew up in that environment and holding ourselves accountable, and uh, nobody gave you nothing. You went out there and uh, made it happen yourself. So. Well, and I know we've got a whole other show we can talk about the state of the uh, the, the world uh, we're in, but us too in our world over here. Um, and trying to make sure that the younger, I've got two teenagers, and, and making sure that they understand very much what your dad instilled in you was you want something, you go make it happen. There's no, there's no freebies, and, and if you think the government or somebody else is going to pave the way for you, you're, you're crazy. And that, that's not going down any political line. That's basically saying you want something, you go make it happen. Absolutely. Now, you were involved back at that time, of course, with everything. And, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, all the different pieces of, you know. But wrap that up in a nice bow. You had said you were able to, was it double your money over? Was it a four-year period of time? 
Yeah, I doubled my investment. Um, I was 18 at the time when I did this, and um, when I say times were different, uh, I, I went into our local banking institution and um, just about put it together out of handshake outside of signing just a couple of pieces of paper with our local banks. And right. um, unfortunately, things aren't the same way today. Yep. Uh, so there's a lot more uh, dynamics and politics behind everything in order to uh, make it happen. But uh, you know what it did for me at the at that age is it it probably gave me a very uh, well-rounded view of business in every aspect as far as owner operator looking at finances, uh, be able to plan uh, strategically, make business decisions. So it was really, um, I always tell people it was um, a college education during that period, uh, just in a different way. Well, and I, I totally get that too and, and, and agree with you because there's certain things that, you know, you, we can never, um, you know, kind of, they, they don't teach you that. I know there's books on this. They don't teach you this in business school, if you will. Um, and when things get tough, um, when mistakes happen, and they will, when things are not um, forecasted, all of a sudden happen, and I know you've been mm-hmm. there, um, mm-hmm. the next thing you know, it's kind of like, holy crap, what do we do? Um, and, and we've, we've all been there and it's one of those things that, again, without that German background to be able to kind of say, well, you know, you suck it up and you figure it out and you do ultimately after four years, get that other degree that you have, um, to, that really tells you that, um, Hey, maybe you can do something with this entrepreneurial streak that you've got in you. Yeah, Absolutely. And then you went into the Pepperts Farm world. Uh, you were a distributor for Pe- Pepperts Farm. And then one of the things I really want to tie up this first segment of us chatting is your time with Menasha, um, mm-hmm. a-, a company I've got some some background. So let's touch base on Pepperts Farm, just at high level. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that uh, that 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 gig, if you will. Sure. Well, yeah. So after the um, departure of the dairy herd and 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 selling that asset. Um, Again, I have a philosophy. I'm probably a lousy employee, but I'm a great shareholder. I, <laughs> I was looking for uh, another opportunity on something that I could take and build. And um, I, I have a background due to the, you know, again, growing up in the areas that we did. My father, we were in the milk business, home delivery, and uh, we had a strawberry U-Pick farm. So dealt with people my whole life. And um, when the opportunity came up through Campbell Soup Company, they were they were struggling in the state of Wisconsin, and I was able to put uh, a deal together for the Pepperidge Farm side of the business, and I, I did own one distributor ship territory in the uh, first year, I guess, and as I had success in that uh, territory, I was able to work with corporate, uh, really Campbell Soup Pepperidge Farm, and said, you know, if I take over the uh, the, the Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin area, which en- encompassed, I think, eight or nine different routes, and I would help establish those, stabilize them, grow the business, and, and then sell those territories off to ind- individual uh, business people that wanted their own distributorship. So during that period, that's really what happened. During during that time, I was able to increase sales in all those territories um, so that they were could stand alone um, for each of those, and then able to uh, find individuals that were interested in owning their own business, and uh, was able to turn over a turnkey operation to them. 
It, so, um, so really, I mean, again, a Pepperidge Farm is no different than the Pepperidge Farm that we're seeing now. I mean, breadcrumbs and bread and, 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 and that kind of stuff and cookies and correct. things like that. It's, okay, got it. Yep, yep. That's fascinating. Unbelievable. And then, of course, you went into Menasha. Um, and then you, the, 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 the tying that together was, was final stop before Hanson was, was Tosca. Is that right? Sure. Yes. Yeah, correct. So tell us about um, Menasha and, and, and kind of fill us in on that. Sure. Well, uh, interesting enough, uh, after I uh, finished up with the Pepperidge Farm, uh, corporate wanted me to come on board with them and um, continue to manage the business in the state of Wisconsin from a regional standpoint. And um, basically, I not that I didn't have an interest, but it was um, probably not where I wanted to, to go to further some of the challenges and some of the things that I'd like to uh, pursue. Sure. And uh, at the same time, I had gotten uh, a call from the Menasha folks, uh, specifically Convoy Plastic Pallet. Oh, yeah. Side of the there. business. Yep. yep. And they um, they were working on a project that they needed someone that had some agricultural background. And um, I I ended up, we worked on a deal together, and we, we made that work. And I really spent that time with them in business development, uh, working with the uh, dairy facilities really through... U.S. and Canada, and uh, more of the cheese side of the business. They were looking sure. for a specific kind of container and packaging, and um, so it was a, it was very uh, interesting for me. Number one, um, to learn more a little bit about the packaging because that certainly wasn't my background. Uh, the agriculture and the and the the dairy companies like a talk to talk, and uh, so the combination was really good. And that was a uh, you know a, another good segment that. Um, kind of led to to where I ended up, um, you know, afterwards. So, well, and you, and again, all those stops in between kind of helped shape you for who you are now. And and I can totally see where you were from the dairy operation all the way into uh, today. But I mean, goodness gracious, sure. I mean, that's just absolutely perfect. Hey, folks, we're talking with Mike Vector, CEO of Hanson Foods in Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's time for a short break. Stick around, folks. We're going to be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes, because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net. 
or call us at 866-440-2123. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you would like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back to Ditch the Box, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking to my friend, Michael Fector, CEO of Hanson Foods in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Now, Mike, before we go any further, I'm going to try to set the table here about Hanson Foods, if you will. Now, Hanson Foods' work ethic, customer focus, and can-do attitude date back to 1912 when Andy Rasmussen started the company from his 10-acre farm in Green Bay. Fresh produce, hard work, and big ideas took the company from the early years of milk delivery to award-winning ice cream and the creation of the popular sneakers bar flavor. Through the 50s, Hanson Foods began operating retail stores and expanded the product line to include subs, chicken, and pizza. It was this fresh pizza that elevated the company over the next 20 years, and local charities began demanding fresh toppings for fundraising events. 1975, Hanson's took the passion for pizza and local people to heart and began full production at a new manufacturing plant. Over the years, the focus has moved away from retail stores towards helping businesses and communities grow fundraising and private label programs. Looking back, it's the same old-fashioned customer service paired with a new evolution of innovative thinking that will keep Hanson Foods on America's dinner tables for years to come. So, Mike, when a company makes pizza, I got to ask, I mean, how many of these things a day can you consume? Because this isn't your run of the mill. This is this is the real deal pizza that we're talking about. Because I've had it, um, right. and you know you're not monkeying around with um, you know uh, toaster oven kind of stuff. I mean, we're talking the real deal. Goodness gracious! Right. Well, you, you know, I guess how I would um, paraphrase what Hanson is and and what our competitive advantage or niche, if you will, in the industry is that um, you know we're certainly not. Um, a Nestle, we're not uh, the Palermo's of the world. They do a a wonderful job, and I would say they're more in the commodity side of the business where they're they're sticking on a certain, you know, type pizza, and then they just run the heck out of it. I think where our niche fits in as an organization is that we have these areas where it's not big enough to be in in that high-value stream where it's just a commodity, and it certainly is not something they can make in their back room. And we allow the um, opportunity to be a very niche and nimble organization to put out a high-quality product in a very economical fashion um, from a commercialization standpoint. Well, and there's a couple different business pieces of that that we'll we'll dig into. But I really want to kind of focus a little bit at the beginning of what was it that you and John saw when when you saw Hanson Foods that made you want to pursue them those those few years back. Sure. Yeah, that's a gr- that's a great question. Um, it it, it kind of leads up um, or led from uh, we were both partners, um, and I was a small, a very small uh, partner in, in the company Tosca Limited, and uh, John was there, and we had three other shareholders. That um, and, and and Tosca was in packaging, uh, returnable yep. containers, and that sure. type of field. And we when we dealt with the um, produce, the meat, the dairy industries, where we supplied returnable containers. 
Um, I, I give that overview because that company there, we grew from $5 million up to $40, $42 million, and then uh, we ended up parting ways with it. But we went from basically 50 employees up to about 170. Nice. And so there was a multifaceted, um, um, I, I guess, vision in that. One was certainly it was fun growing the business. You have to enjoy it. you got to have the burn in the belly. Yeah, it's not for everybody. Number, yeah. Nope, no, it's not for the faint at heart. Yeah. And then the other side of it is you have to enjoy from a leadership standpoint of um, having employees and team members and um, seeing the growth for them and knowing that you're responsible for their families and right. the well-being of things that they do coming to work every day. And, and so there has to be some satisfaction on, on both sides of it. And um, after we after the business was sold, uh, John and I, uh, we still stayed very close. I did a little bit of consulting in between, but we both said, hey, you know, we're, we want to look for another business where we can do the same type thing, where it's a, a smaller company, um, the owner is ready to retire, maybe they haven't done much growth right. in the last three, four, five years, and with fresh faces, new blood, that we can instill our business philosophy in the business and and um, aggressively attack the market, um, defining our niche, and our strategy as we're looking three, five, seven years down the road, and um, you know, so that's really what what drove it. It could have been widgets as far yeah, as that right, part exactly. goes. Yeah, right. Exactly. Sure. Um, but but I think both John and I enjoy um, we enjoy the ownership, but we enjoy bringing our our team type philosophy and culture into an organization and getting that synergy put together and the results of that will be growth in the organization. Were you, um, and I understand the, the, the piece with you and John, but was, was Hanson looking for you? Were you looking for Hanson? Was it something that an intermediary said, hey, you guys better want to, want to, might want to take a look at this, this place? Had you known of Hanson before? I, I was very aware of Hanson's. Uh, within Tosca Limited, our company, right. We, we dealt with the pizza industry, believe it that's or not. Where was, so, that's where I was wondering. Yeah, that's interesting. Keep going, please. Yeah. I'm sorry. So we dealt with the, the Tombstones and Nestle's, the Crafts, and we supplied returnable bins for crust in, in those industries. Oh, so yeah. we, we had a background in it, and we knew of Hanson's being a smaller company, and we knew the owner here. And um, in the network of business, so to speak, after we sold, you kind of have a good pulse of companies that may be um, looking to um, for an acquisition of some sort, and, and Hanson's was one of the one of those that we we looked at. Um, interesting enough, though, uh, a quick little blurb on that is uh, when I contacted the uh, Chuck Martin, the previous owner. Uh, Chuck said, "Hey, you know, um, yep, you are correct. We're we're looking to you know sell and and some opportunity here, but we just signed the papers and it's 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 a done deal. We're just going through the." Um, Preliminary with somebody uh, else, yeah. Wow. And so I kind of you know disappointed because we thought it was you know fit yeah. right into the niche. And about three months later, um, due to the networking in the industry, I I caught wind from actually our financial institution, and uh, they said, "Hey, Mike, just so you know, that Hanson deal fell apart this morning." Um, and so, <laughs> lo and behold, I called up uh, Chuck that afternoon and said, "Hey, Chuck, um, still here." Good 
good time to talk. Are you interested? And uh, he kind of <laughs> chuckled saying, how the heck does that stuff get through the pipeline so darn quick? And yeah. Time for uh, coffee, a, Chuck. Hey, let's have some coffee. What do you say? And that's exactly what happened. We had lunch, and uh, from there, within uh, about four months, we had everything put together, and uh, here we are. Is Chuck still around at all, any way, shape, or form, or just sailed off into no. the sunset? No. Uh, the only thing, he uh, he comes to our annual Christmas party and consumes nice. a lot of beer. <laughs> exactly. Good so right for now Chuck. He's, right yeah, right now, he's Chuck. a liability. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but w- wait a minute. Wait, no one heard that one. Holy mackerel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's too funny. What a trip. Well, help us understand a little bit more about Hanson. Um, I know you've done, we, we've chatted a little bit about pizza, but I also saw some chicken wings and cheese. I mean, were these products always part of the Hanson mix, or was that something you guys had recently added? Yeah, there are some some of the product mix that were were added. Um, if you look at our two core competencies, if if you will, at Hanson's, is it was one in the fundraising business. We're a value added supplier to distributors and reps throughout North America, um, and and we have our own reps in the state of Wisconsin. But uh, what that really means, and this industry has changed immensely from when I was a kid in, in school and they had little fundraisers. Oh, yeah. Um, today, I mean, people are getting brochures. There's hundreds of items in there. Oh, there's and, websites. There's, there's automatic withdrawal. Oh, I mean, it just it's crazy, Mike. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy is a good way to summarize it. Um, what we end up doing is we take a lot of that burden away from the reps and the teachers that are out there the orders from a group will get sent to us. We'll supply them all the brochures and do everything, um, and, and the reps and the distributors go and sell it to, to to the schools, and they do their thing. But we'll get the orders sent back to us, nice. and then from there, we'll process that order into a database, and then we have a replenishing uh, center, so we'll pick all those orders by student or by person, and palletize it into um, a pallet with that group's order or pallets or truckload, whatever it may be, and then send it out uh, based on the appropriate scheduling day. Well, and, and, and I so, definitely want to kind of circle back on that. We got about a, two minutes before the break, but and I definitely want to focus on the on the fundraising because that's a that's a machine. That's an absolute mm-hmm. operation which you guys have set up from the fundraising side of things and making sure that orders are shipped properly. That you know Johnny gets the the you know the um, oh, yeah. the pepperoni that they want, whatever it may be. But yep. um, wrap this up for us on the on the original, the chicken wings, the cheese, that kind of stuff. Were those things that you had recently added um, mm-hmm. as part of that fundraising? mix or was that always part of the back in the day with with Hanson? I would no no it, it is some new items and what I would say on that here David is that um, every year you try to upgrade um, yep. and put new items in your brochures and what have you and those were some items that were put in for 2015 they may be changed for 2016 season um, it just we, we look at sales numbers looked at uh, yep. where volume moved uh how it was received from the customer and then we we like to adapt so that we improve every year yeah and that's and again that's you're definitely hitting the the, the i don't want to say the cream of the crop but i mean goodness gracious and we're talking comfort food here um mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know we've got obviously the chicken wings and the and the cheese but uh and the pizzas and i know we're going to kind of really dig, dig into that after the break but um, but pizza still is the main core focus as far as if we were going we're gonna to pick a product that's one of those things right now that is that kind of at the top of the list as far as what you'd be able to you know, really kind of pump out? 
Yeah, I mean, that the, our, our private label facility that we do all the production is primarily pizzas in there. Um, Got it. We do some other sideline type uh, packaging of what could be sandwiches, it could be packaging chicken wings or uh, cheese nuggets or jalapenos or what have you, but pizza topping um, production is really our, our main focus in that part of the business. And again, it's one of those things as a guy that's, um, you know, it's ironic. A lot of people don't realize that Nestle um, has their big facility here in Cleveland, as a matter of fact, um, Mm -hmm. for making their pizzas. And and you were spot on with the one thing that, and I've been there and I, of course, I'm in the packaging business and I've gone through there and the, the whole bit. The point is, is that you can definitely tell the difference between that commodity style type of approach, and that's trust mm-hmm. me, that is a factory. That is a machine on top of a machine, um, mm-hmm. and the way you guys do things, because there is a, um, you know, there's a, I don't say a down home, because it sounds cheesy, but you guys really do have that 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 quality piece on there that um, I guarantee you, you're not going to find in some of these big massive outlets, and we're not knocking them. But there's mm-hmm. a there's a there's a way of Hanson doing things that's that's different than the others, and and that's that's what I've noticed. Right. You know what what I would comment on that, Dave, because I, I think you're spot on, and and how I look at the business is is this. Um, the, you're right. The pizza industry is huge, and everyone loves pizza at some point or another um, time of year, and depending on you know kids in school or events that are taking place, and people are expecting a higher quality product, uh, more so now today than ever before. And, and so when I look at what we can do, um, the improvements of pizzas has been tremendous in the last few years where I can take a frozen pizza. We have a, a new brand that we own. It's under Peps, and it has the original Thin Crust and then Peps Brew House. Yep. Um, that Brew House is a premium, uh, heavy-top pizza most people couldn't tell that that's a frozen pizza. They think oh, it came yeah. out of a pizzeria. That is that is something that you wouldn't have gotten five years ago, even. And and so those type of improvements are it just raises the bar for expectations of consumers when they're looking for a product. Absolutely, and I mean that's definitely separated you guys with with Hanson well well beyond the rest of the competition. Hey, Mike, we got to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to dig into the fundraising when we come back. Stick around, folks. We'll be back with Mike Fector in a second. Thanks. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. 
At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you would like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now back to Ditch the Box. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for segment number three, talking with my buddy Michael Fector, CEO of Hanson Foods in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Now, Michael, one of the things that I wanted to, we were going di- we to dig into this at one point or the other because I'm fascinated by this, but this fundraising business. I know you touched on it in the last segment, how it's changed and, and things like that, but you guys at Hanson really have this dialed in. I mean, the one thing I remember from the days of my kids being in elementary school is the, you know, the market day, that kind of jazz or whatever, even Schwann's for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you're right. I remember walking in and seeing this absolute cluster of thinking, holy mackerel, how am I going to get my order out of here in the next two hours? Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys have dialed this in to, 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 it's a machine. You're able to kind of, again, tell us more about what it is that you guys do, um, not just making great product, but making it easy for these organizations to actually make money. Sure. Well, I, I guess I summarize it as a kind of a total solution uh, package, so to speak. So if, if we're a turnkey operation, we, we, can, we supply the upfront uh, brochures, material, and product line that's available, and we can customize those, those brochures or what have you uh, to, a, to a rep or distributor who's going out to the marketplace. And it can right. be their label or something on it as well. And when those when those orders go or, or those uh, brochures go out, go out in a group, and we'll just say it's a a band group that has sixty members in it, well, they're going out there, and each of those members are selling, you know, to to whoever coming back with orders, and so all those orders they'll use us and and, and get those tickets get sent into us where we will data enter them, and then from there they go into our system, our pick system, and our, we have this replenishing center, so all these items are in, in this replenishing. And there's hard goods in there, depending what's right. in the catalog, and there's also uh, the perishable, consumable goods. It could be cheeses, chocolate, sausage, and certainly our pizzas. And depending what program they have, we'll determine 
really what the pick items are for that specific group or, or you know, organization. Um, th- so those items are picked by student, um, scanned. It's all, I want to say it's manually picked, but it's electronically scanned. Right. So they're palletized by group, and then that when, when, the, when it's scheduled for delivery, um, our drivers will meet that group leader there, and handout is probably less than a half hour, 45 minutes. The kids come there, pick up their bag, little Sally, little Joey. Oh, yeah, right. And, and they have all their orders already in that bag Ugh. or box that's pre-packed for them, and they take it out to their um, people they sold it to. So it, it is very transparent, and um, but there, there are issues, I mean, like in any business, and you have to be prepared for that, whether there could be a if there's a product shortage or something got damaged. And so we have hotlines that the consumer can call in and we'll reissue it or uh, refund it or depending on the situation. So Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even question that for a second, especially you guys. I mean, I just know that this pick system, which is interesting to me as well, is that something you guys have recently implemented or was that something that was in place? Because the whole thing, I think at least we were talking about it from the parent side of things or the customer, if you will, little Johnny, little mm-hmm. Sally. Um, but, you know, the, the key thing is order um, um, correctness. Um, and, 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 mm-hmm. But on the other hand is to make sure that this, you know, the stuff is, is, is done and turned efficiently. Is that something you guys have always been working on that, you know, or is that something that's a recent development? Um, it, it, some of the program was here beforehand. Um, and so they did a really nice job um, from uh, innovation on, on that part. And there's just, I think like any technology, David, sure. there's always continuous improvement. Yep. Um, and it has to tie in, the, the tricky part is, is how do you tie it into your accounting um, invoicing type thing? So there's, um, that's probably the hardest thing to try to integrate. And so we've done a lot of that, I think, in the last two years to try to marry that together in our systems. But um, yeah, it's, um, and there's continuous software updates every year that you got to go through and, and what have you. But um yeah, it's, we take the, a complex situation and make it simple uh, to the consumer is really what, what it ends up being. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, I kind of put you on the spot with that, and, and I'll say it because I know that you're, you know, you're modest. And the one thing that I, I, I notice is that you saw an opportunity here. Um, one of the bigger needs that are out there is to be able to get these things delivered efficiently, effectively, et cetera. Um, and you guys really rose to that challenge. And I'll say it for you, Mike. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. And not a lot of companies will do that because to this day, uh, I guarantee you, some of these trucks will, will show up and literally park there for the entire afternoon. And, and, and when you don't, you know, come to pick up your order, see you later. Uh, right. Good luck chasing your money down. And, and that's something or one of the things that really separates you guys from the rest of the pack. Yeah, well, there's certainly, you know, I mean, that's, and, and I thank you for that, that compliment. Um, it, it is challenging and we're certainly not perfect. I mean, I, I tell our staff and I tell customers that, I can guarantee you we'll make mistakes, but it's how we correct those mistakes Absolutely. and react to them that really separates us as well. We're not one to turn our cheek on it, and I'm really a big proponent on knowing that business starts with our customers, yep. and then we're here to be a subservient leader to those customers, whether it be operations, accounting, sales, and what have you. So, 
Uh, well, and you never really know who you're working with, let's face it, until there's a problem. Um, right. And when there's a problem, that's when you really and truly, the you know, separate the wheat from the chaff because otherwise you're just, you know, anyone can take orders, Mike, and you know that as yep. well as I do. It's when there's a problem, what are you going to do to fix this? And, yep. um, and, and, you know, and that's one thing that you guys are really good at is listening to that particular situation. It, it, look, if somebody needed, um, uh, you know, was, was counting on those, those particular, that order for a particular event or something like that, I mean, you guys are the first people to make it right. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you're, you're far from perfect and no one's perfect, but you guys right. do a great job of making sure that everybody really and truly feels important. Right. Well, you know, David, just kind of feeding off that a little bit is when you asked earlier about, you know, what drove John and I to um, look at this business particularly over anything else, there are certain fundamental things, no matter what business you have, that that I would embrace and I would say that it's part of running a business. And one of them is um, putting our customers first. Yeah. Uh, the the other one is putting our employees at their team members, and our culture here is that we're empowering our team members to make decisions and take ownership in the things that they do. And again, it doesn't matter what company. And so when we focus on strategy and we look at long term type things, that culture of the company is such an important piece because if those things are operating transparently, the results of that are bottom line and growth in the organization. Um, so, so our, you know, our philosophy has always been to focus strictly on the top line or bottom line is really not where it starts. Yeah, everybody wants to grow. Of course. But if you do the right things in running the business and focusing on the customer and focusing on your team members that really run the business day to day, the other stuff comes, it comes together by default. Well, yeah, and uh, it's, you know, being in the packaging business over here in my quote-unquote real job, um, mm-hmm. you know, the thing that's interesting to me is we often tell our customers that the packaging is the voice of your brand. And um, right. because if you're, you know, selling quinoa or rice pilaf or whatever it is and that package um, is, you know, you can't, I can't be at a Target or a Whole Foods or whatever it is 24-7 standing there saying, hey, try my product, it's great. The right. only thing you have is your packaging that has to tell your story, why your product's so great, good for you, whatever. And, um, you know, and that's, and so often, and you kind of, I tie that together with what you were saying about um, your employees, because you can't make every pizza and you don't make every pizza and you can't, your team members are the ones that have to be Correct. able to kind of do their thing and and if they're empowered to make decisions and make mistakes which I know you empower them to do um, yep. just you know quote unquote like you and I both know please don't make it an expensive mistake please <laughs> um, but again jokingly aside that that's the that's the key thing and that's how people really and truly understand um, and it's just a, it's a testament for what you guys have been able to do yeah well it's you know and again it's a business philosophy and and there's multiple business philosophies that work it's just we chose this roadmap. Uh, we've seen it succeed in our last company, and we're seeing the success um, in this company on the short time that we've been here. And you know, we're we're hoping in years to come we're going to continue seeing uh, more of that. So, 
Well, real quick before we wrap up this particular segment, then we've got a short one to wrap up the day's show. But, you know, um, you and I met at the private label show in Chicago. Um, and one of the things that was interesting to me um, is, or at least interesting to ask a lot of our clients is, how many of these shows do you, the private label show, fancy food show, whatever, are, are those still effective for you guys in your your little world as far as, um, you know, getting out there and getting word, word out about Hanson? Yeah, I think those shows always do two things for us. Um, one is um, there's that potential new customer or somebody exploring on what's out there, and it's a nice way to do it under one umbrella. Um, right. And the other thing is our existing customers that um, come to those shows looking for new ideals or different things. So it's a, um, a great way to meet them uh, rather than making 20 trips to all over the country. Yes, you can see them under one umbrella. So. You know, I think most companies would probably say the same uh, type benefit. And uh, as in every show, and you've been in the packaging business, I know you've you've probably gone to Pack Expo and all oh, yeah. the big ones. Oh yeah, and big you one. always hope that you walk out of there with one or two great um, leads that come to fruition, yep. and that yep. you would classify as a successful show. So. Yeah, and it's just look. it's just tough. I mean, and I know that you you're, you're the same thing is that, you know, a lot of times these shows are getting more and more um, where we're not getting anything out of them sometimes. And the important mm-hmm. thing is we, we have to be able, because they're big money, you have to be able to right. make money from these things in some way, shape, or form. may not be overnight, um, right. but you got to be able to make money from them. Hey, Mike, we've well, got to take a short break. We've got uh, a short little segment after this break, but I hope you'll stick around. And ladies and gentlemen, please stick around. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes, because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you would like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now back to Ditch the Box. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for our final segment of the day. Mike Fector, my buddy, CEO, Hanson Foods. So, Mike, tell me a little bit as we wrap up today's show a little bit about, does somebody come to you initially? I know you've got different scenarios with this, but does somebody come to you initially with their recipe, if you will, and say, I want you to um, make this for me? Because I know you do a lot of private label stuff as well, so I want to make sure mm-hmm. we kind of touch base on that. Um, is that kind of a, uh, you know, one of those things that people say, I want you to make, you know, Uncle Angelo's uh, pizza recipe? Sure. Sure. Um, you know, I think a fair statement is we get all different variations of, of uh, uh, opportunities. We, we get the guy that's in their kitchen that says, my God, you know, I got the best recipe since, you know, before <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, B.C. So We're going to make millions. Go, We're going to make right, millions. And, right. right. So there, there's, there's that uh, individual. Then you have the ones that own restaurants and said, hey, yeah. we got a chain of five, six restaurants and we got the best thing. and. And then we have um, the, the guys, some have recipes, some don't. And then we have other ones that actually are, um, they have pizzas maybe made by a different manufacturer. And we've got, a, a, in the last two years, we've gotten an awful lot coming off of that where they're saying, hey, we hear and we see the quality that you guys are putting out. We're trying yes. to improve ours, and we can't get that from somebody else. Yep. Um, you know, So, again, it goes back to what you talked to earlier, that you sort of set your you kind of put your marker out there on where, what the strategy is. Where do you fit into the um, supply chain, if you will, of a product produced? And, um, you know, we chose to be on the higher quality um, at a, a fairly economical price based on that for the, for the quality of product, and that's the niche we play in. We're not, you know, we're not someone that's going to have 10 lines in place and, right. you know, run, run a, a, a high-volume type thing. I mean, but... Uh, we have accounts that we're doing two, three billion pizzas a year with, and you know those are nice niches out there. Is it is it a fair statement? Because it's one of the things that I, I I'm it, one of the, you guys are very good at knowing who you are. I know this is sounds I don't want to sound, but you know, like you said before, um, you're going to be you may be at a different price point than the bargain basement down and dirty, but your quality is definitely head and shoulders above. Mm-hmm. And you guys understand who you are, and I think that that speaks volumes. Because again, if people are coming to look at you and say, "Hey, we want you guys to make our pizzas," because our quality is kind of going downhill. Um, and, and again, back to my you know my my previous point about you know your brand is so important. Um, mm-hmm. If you start losing that quality, next thing you know, you may be out of business. Well, you become another me too, and. Yep. I want people to think of Hanson Foods that we have, you know, this is what they stand for. And I think the hardest thing as a CEO of a company, in any company, is to have discipline to say no. It's easy right. to say yes, yes, yes. But the discipline to say no, that no, we're not going down that path, or no, yes, we could do it, but no, it doesn't fit into our strategy or who we are, and keeping, keeping everybody aligned as to what, uh, you know, what the vision is, is probably the hardest thing to do as a leader 
because you're all you all want to grow. We all want to you know do what we have to do to to, to get the business. And uh, uh, but you'll realize over time that when you start scattering like that, you end up being you know a lot of things, but nothing good to anybody. Yeah, and that's you're right because if if we chase every and I tell this with our staff over here too, if we chase every opportunity that that kind of crosses our desk every day, then we well we're me too, um, and we we basically become very vanilla. Um, mm-hmm. We want to be good at something and really good at it, and be able to really hammer that home. And when we do that, then. A, we can make a premium, make a few extra shekels, of course, which is great. But we also kind of have that brand, that that brand uh-huh. equity that kind of sticks around. And people say, hey, I want to work with these people because I know what I'm going to get. And it's going to be good quality every single time. Absolutely. Well, it, and it takes part of the sell away, too. I mean, sure. <laughs> um, I look at 25 years ago, 30 years ago, that sell that we did or I was involved with back then is certainly a lot different today. Um, because I look at it, we're not selling anything. We're just we're we're, we're putting out there what we do, and it sells itself. Um, we're supplying a need. We're a fulfillment center. We're we're supplying something they need, and we're just happen to be that company that that is able to provide it. So that's right. Um, You're right. It, it's kind of an interesting uh, approach, uh, but I think it just comes with. Uh, I hate to say it, as you get older and and more experience in it. <laughs> You, you probably take a little different approach on, on what that is and know what's real and what's not. Well, it's wisdom, Michael. It's wisdom. Uh, and <laughs> All right. That's I something like that. that, that I, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> wisdom. So what do you, if you were thinking, what was the, what's the best opportunity out there for Hanson going forward for growth? Um, you know, of course, you've got this, these pizzas locked and loaded, but I'm just throwing this out there. Are there other things that, that would fit into your wheelhouse, if you would, looking, uh, you know, thinking out, 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 out there in the future? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, um, I guess I would say a couple of things when I look at our strategy moving forward from a growth standpoint, um, certainly wanting to be an innovator out there in the industry yep. is, is a neat place for us. Um, again, and I think we continue to focus more and more on that. Um, I can't tell you what they all are today, um, but there are some things in the hopper yeah, that... Yeah, but you're trying some stuff, sure. Absolutely. I mean, that's a big part of what we do as a company. So again, when people come to us and they got a problem, we're able to say, yeah, we've done this, or here's what we're looking at, and here's how we're addressing it. Um, so I think that's more on the private label side, uh, on the on the fundraising side. Um, I think being a little bit more diversified as to um, how we're servicing customers and accounts, um, whether it be through online sales, uh, that certainly is a bigger one. We have the ability for gift boxes uh, yeah. that is going to be going out through uh, this is focus on 2016. And... Um, Shipping actually more frozen uh, to consumers as well. That's one thing the company did not do before. We done. By being able to ship the different brands of pizzas when we have people all over the country saying, hey, yeah. I'm willing to pay extra money, just put dry ice in a, a foam container, and yep. yeah, I Get need a half a dozen of these. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Um, so if you were, in the, in the two minutes we've got left on the show, if you were going to look out into your crystal ball, um, where do you see Hanson in the next three to five years? I mean, I know there's other probably segments of, of the industry per se, but where would you where would you see you guys in, in three to five years? 
Well, I, I think from a growth standpoint, we're, we're going to support the growth here, which means that there's going to be further capital investment and CapEx spent on equipment and continuous improvement on, on that side of it. And, and I would like to think that in three to five years that we are known um, nationally in these two segments of business sure. uh, as being the best of the best. And um, that that's that would be a huge accomplishment, uh, it, and it's not the dollar amount; it's the it's being in that position, and then as I said, that other stuff does come to fruition. The money will be there, and and again, right. that's the that you know what you focus on quality and make sure that everybody understands where we're all moving in the same direction. Um, the money's going to be there, and uh, goodness gracious, yep. Michael, a lot of good reminders today, my friend. Um, I really enjoyed this. Folks, if you'd like to learn more about Hanson Foods, questions at HansonFoods.com or it's www.hanson with an E, HansonFoods.com, 1-800-236-1022. Many thanks to my producer, Jamie Berling, our executive producer, Winston Winnie Price, and all of you listeners, and again, my buddy, Michael Fector. Michael, thanks for joining us, my friend. I had fun today. Yeah, thank you myself as well. It was great talking with you, buddy. I hope you have a great day. And, and once again, most importantly, is go Packers. All right. Thank you. See you, buddy. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Box. We're live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please join David Marinak for another great show next week.